leave your phone at home. You don't need it. Everyone you love is there. Everyone's already taking photos. You've paid thousands of dollars for a photographer. I just remember I was so free. I had no idea what the time was. I wasn't worrying about anything. But I also think, particularly for all the couples out there that, that are planning at the moment, just keep planning. Do things that are fun to keep up your momentum and, and keep you excited. Hi, and welcome to the Unveiled podcast, debunking wedding planning all the way to I do. As a photographer and videographer in the industry, we're asked daily as to where to start when it comes to planning your big day. So allow us to help you make the planning process as seamless as possible. Consider Unveiled your little black book of weddings, packed full of insight from industry experts, do's and don'ts from couples who have tied the knot, plus an abundance of info on your most requested topics. I'm Lucy, founder and wedding photographer at Lucy Weddings, and I'm here with wedding videographer and my soon-to-be husband, Eddie Blake. G'day, Luce. Had some exciting news today, or this week anyway, in New South Wales that weddings are slowly but surely uh, on the return. So so exciting. Such yeah, great news. That's right. One step in the right direction. That's it. Um, also on that, for anyone who is in the midst of pulling their run sheets together, if you missed our last post on Instagram, I've actually done a little mock-up run sheet for you guys, which is available via our Facebook group. So if you just join the group, that is all yours. On today's episode of Unveiled, we chat with the gorgeous bride Lucy, who said I do to husband Paddy at Tanglewood Estate on Victoria's Mornington Peninsula. Lucy shares why they opted for a sit-down wedding instead of a cocktail, reasons she insisted on having such a short time frame for bridal party photos, and ways to share the planning workload between you and your partner. Welcome, Lucy. Hello, guys. Hello, Lou. Hey, Lucy, how are you? <laughs> Good. Long time no chat. Yes, for sure. <laughs> so we'll start by you, with your proposal story. We've been together for about nine years now, I think. So it was, a, the proposal was a long time coming. <laughs> Probably a little bit of pressure from, you know, me and, and just people around us. It was, it was time. I'd always said that I wanted to get married, uh, that I wanted to get proposed to in Europe. I, I had that dream mm. sitting in front of the, you know, Eiffel Tower, having a croissant, and then as time sort of went on, I was like, oh, you know, it would be cool to get engaged overseas, but you kind of miss out on that immediate celebration with your friends and family. Mm. Um, and so he obviously listened because <laughs> we were due to go on a big European holiday that sort of June-July period and um, he completely caught me off guard before that holiday and he'd arranged for us to go to the comedy festival. So we check into the hotel and I must say he started acting really strange but I just kind of thought he was being a weirdo and we headed up onto the rooftop at the hotel and we were just having a champagne and then all of a sudden he pulls out this box with a ring and he proposed and then about five minutes later in walked all of our family and all of our oh, friends. That's so awesome. He did a really good job and got me by surprise. It was this, yeah, it was a really, really nice night of celebration. 
That must be really nice, especially when it kind of gets like you've been together for that long. I know it happens with a lot of couples, like the girls kind of get to the point where they're like, okay, I'm going to be able to spot when this is going to just like, this is going to happen. And so for you to be surprised, that that must have been so nice for you. How long did it take you between engagement and wedding to plan a wedding? So we turned it around, I mean, fairly quickly, engaged in April of 2018 and we were married the following May 2019. So it was about 13 months. Yeah. But we got engaged on the Saturday night and we had booked our venue by the following Tuesday. (laughs) So I think it had been 48 hours of (laughs) having a dummy ring on my finger. It wasn't even the real deal. And boom, we, we, we had a date and we had a venue. So that was really quick. And then we had, yeah, just, I think it was just under 13 months to get everything sorted. Nice. And had you already eyed out that venue before or was that something that you guys uh, organized together? We organised that together. I'd I'd um had my eye on that venue for ages, long before we were engaged, and it was just a really easy and quick decision. Yeah, so you guys got married at the gorgeous Tanglewood Estate on Victoria's Mornington Peninsula. What did you love most about that venue? The Mornington Peninsula is a really special place for us. So we, I've got a holiday, my family have a holiday house down there. So we spend most of our summers and weekends away down there. We all, we always knew we wanted to get married down there and make a weekend out of it by being able to celebrate the following day at a recovery party on my parents' property. So Mornington Peninsula was a given and then I had just been quietly stalking Tanglewood Estate on Instagram for quite a while (laughs) and it just hit every box. Everything was on site. No one had to move or go anywhere. You could get accommodation. It was beautiful with like views and the country kind of feel to it, which we wanted. So it was, yeah, it was such an easy decision for us. Yeah, from what I've seen, it looks um, quite versatile, like it's got a the quaint little church that is obviously on one part of it and then with your reception was that like a pop-up marquee or was there a shed for that what what did you guys do in that regard yeah it is a really versatile venue you can get married outside in the gardens or by the lake we opted to get married inside the little chapel that was on site But then at the same time, your reception options vary as well. So there's a slightly smaller venue, which um, I think has been there for a lot longer, that you can have a smaller guest list on it. And then they've built a really big barn for your sort of 250 number uh, where, where we had our reception. So it wasn't in a marquee, it was in a built barn, but yeah, like you said, heaps of options at Tanglewood, which was another reason that it was it was the, you know, top venue for us. Yeah, look nice. gorgeous. So you have your own wedding planning and styling business, Pony Studio. Did working so close to the industry play out in your favour when planning your own wedding? So Pony Studio weddings actually really evolved after I got married. 
So I was new um, at, in my planning stage and I knew nothing about weddings and I knew nothing about vendors and I found it equally as overwhelming as I'm sure your listeners right now would <laughs> probably be feeling. And I had no friends that had been engaged or married either and my sister and my brother weren't married and, and so it was a whole new world for me. Would I have like done things differently now that I'm in the industry? Maybe. But at the same time, I can look back on my experience and be like, wouldn't change a thing, best, you know, best wedding ever, best time ever. Yeah, awesome, Lois. And we've, Ed and I are lucky, we've had the pleasure of um, working across only one wedding with you, but amazing, your work is amazing. So I highly recommend Absolutely. anyone looking for a stylist, especially based in Melbourne, check out Pony Studio. Thanks, um, guys. <laughs> pleasure. Planning a wedding, as we've just spoken about, is such a massive job. Can you suggest a couple's a few ways to share the workload between you and your partner? Such a good question because I myself, even with my dealings with my own couples, it, it tends to always be the bride. Mm. Um, it wasn't like that for me in, in my own planning experience. Paddy was really involved. He, he wore the financial cap. So by wearing that Sounds cap, like us. Keeping everything on track. <laughs> he kept not, me reined in. Not getting fl- as, flamingos as and donkeys. And, <laughs> and I, I kind of feel like if, if, if the guy or if one of you is willing to, to take control of that financial aspect, it sort of means that they're involved in everything because you've got to, when you're choosing your suppliers or when you're deciding what your floral budgets and things like that are, it just, it means the two of you have to have a conversation about it and, and work out that it's in line with, with what, not only what you want, but what you can afford and things like that. But Paddy was, he was just really interested in the whole process, which was really nice. Like yeah. he, he wasn't, overly opinionated and didn't want things to be a certain way but he really wanted to know the decisions that were being made and, and help decide on on layouts for stationery or run sheets and and floral concepts and stuff like that he he wanted to be involved which just made it overall more of a joint venture rather than one person doing it all but I think I just think it's so important like if it is overwhelming or one person feels like they're wearing the load more than the other I think if you do just tell your partner that Mm. they tend to be like oh okay I'll get a bit more involved but I think a lot of the time one half tends to fall back a bit because they just think that the other half has probably dreamt about it their whole life or has got such a clear idea of what they want that they you know assume you're going to want to run off and plan it all by yourself but I think most of the time if you tend to sort of speak up and say hey like I want your involvement in this or I want your help with this, they then begin to show a little bit more interest or maybe take a bit more of the reins. I think that's a great piece of advice. Yeah, go Patty. Seems like a legend. So (laughs) what steps did you take when you booked in your photographer? Was that, again, something you had your finger on the pulse with beforehand or did you do some investigating there? Yeah, no, I, I definitely did a lot of investigating there. Again, like I was new to it all and I, I hadn't been following wedding photographers or anything like that in the lead up. 
but I remember at the time someone's photos like looking like they are in real life was Mm. what I tended to be drawn to. I didn't like the heavily edited. Sometimes I kind of feel like photos almost have that sepia look about them or that yellowy orangey tinge. You're not the first Um, person to say that actually. I've actually heard quite a few couples reference like editing that can it can have a bit of a wash. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and I didn't want to look like a, a yellow, like you say, washed out bride. Mm. So I was able to sort of immediately cross, as soon as I landed on someone's Instagram page, I was able to sort of cross them out straight away and remove them from my list. And I, I remember I kept falling back on Lulu Memphis's page because her photos just appeared exactly kind of like what they would be like in real life. And another aspect I suppose of how we wanted to plan our day we really wanted a video but we didn't need the big huge fantastic video that you know perhaps if I'd had my time again I would have I would have had we just wanted someone who would just literally kind of capture it put it in a bit of an edit for us and we would have that keepsake forever so at the time I thought oh well it would make sense that I would find a photographer that had that videography element as part of their business as well. Oh, so, cool. so Lulu did both. She did both, yeah. Oh, great. Um, and that just made sense at, at that moment. I, if I now being in the industry had my time again, maybe I probably would have got a videographer involved to have the full proper uh, edited, you, you know, production and and although yeah the production like you know obviously what you do but at the same time it it, it worked at the time it fit into the budget we absolutely love Eliza we loved what they did so it it worked out really well yeah nice sometimes being on like staying on the outskirts and not being you know when you're in the industry you are a lot more aware of things it's kind of nice I think for those going into planning a wedding to be a little bit blissfully unaware to some things because it can almost become almost too overwhelming. So I agree. Yeah. You don't need the world in every aspect of it. No. You don't need necessarily the best or the biggest or the we understood that sacrifices had to be made in certain areas and I think that was one of them of a, a huge cost saving but still getting something at the end of it to be able to look back on. Well, your photos are, your photos are really beautiful. I haven't seen your video, but your photos are gorgeous. Yeah. So Lily yeah, did she's a great job. an amazing job, yeah. yeah. She's also, the, I mean, the other thing I was going to say as well is we met with her and, you know, whether you meet your photographers over Zoom or in person or whatever, you spend so much of your day with them. So mm. we really wanted to get along with her and that she would bring a good vibe to the day, which she did. So that was another part of our photographer hunting was we really wanted someone who we were really going to enjoy spending the day with. Just going back on your photographer as well and the nice clean edit that she had, it's also good for your photos aren't going to date at that point. I find sometimes um, photography edits come in and out of fashion, I guess, just like everything else does. And 
if, if you've just got a nice clean neutral edit then it's, it's not it's not going to date yeah okay. yeah i totally agree and and she did them all in black and white as well so you have the option of both like at the, i remember at one stage in my planning i was like i don't want colored photography i think i want <laughs> them all in black and white thank god something stopped me um but i totally agree i think uh, i think yeah, a lot of the time trends do come in and out where you can be classic, try yeah. and be. Yeah, so married in May, yeah, engaged yeah. April, married in May. So we love May as a, as a time of year to get married. Was that something that you always wanted or do, do you have any preferences at time of years for, for people to get married? Yeah. So May 25th was the only date that our venue had for the next two years. So we had no choice in the matter and we took that date and we ran with it. But now that I am got married in that time and, and now that I'm in the industry and, and obviously working year by year, autumn is definitely my favourite time to get married. I think... Not only is it absolutely beautiful with the leaves turning, you know, orange and red and falling to the ground, but you typically tend to have just, I mean, this might even be a Victorian thing or you might be listening from Sydney and it's different up there, but down here in Vic, we tend to get these like sensational bluebird days Mm. in autumn where it's, it's not too chilly, it's perfect weather. I think if we'd have been offered a date in the middle of, summer we probably wouldn't have taken it we really didn't want a 40 degree wedding day and at the same time if I was given a date in you know the the depths of winter down here I probably also would have said no just because that we knew we were in the country and and we were on a big property and if it had been howling freezing cold or boiling, boiling hot, it probably would have been quite uncomfortable for our guests. So out of the fluke of the date that they've given me, yeah, I, I think autumn is a stunning time to get married. Yeah, the last two Mays up here in Sydney have been outstanding. Um, so if it's anything like uh, it is down there as well, then it's, yeah, it's a beautiful time to get married. I will you say... Guys, are you busy in autumn? I think people are starting definitely up till the end of April, but I think people are starting to queue on for May as well. Uh, Same as, same as like August going into September, into spring as well. Like it's the, the, the big months are, and you would know as well, it's kind of November and March, I'd say, but those, those months either side are beautiful. Yeah, definitely encouraging, encouraging more people to look at those, those shoulder months because they're gorgeous. Absolutely. And, you know, I I remember at the time thinking to myself, I quite like the idea of the reception being in the dark. Yes. You have your ceremony in the daylight and your cocktail hour and all your photos are in the daylight and then you transition into the, you know, candlelit dinner and it's all dark and the first dance is in the dark. I, I actually think that's really beautiful. So what would you say is the best decision you guys made in regards to your wedding day? Oh, that's such a good question. So many. There's so many. Oh, that's um, good. I think at the end of the day, probably the venue. The venue just sets your whole wedding up. And I think getting married in the little chapel and then transitioning across to having cocktail hour in a different location and then tra- 
all on site and then transitioning up to the barn for dinner. It was just so comfortable for everyone and no one had to go anywhere. It just set us up for the party and the night that we wanted. Yeah, awesome. So, but, oh, there's so much. Do you guys so have well. those annoying, um, we always complain about the the cutoff times for weddings. Oh, Do you guys have the, yeah. the, the yeah. early curfews? Curfews, yeah, yeah we do. We, they're everywhere here. Mm. I mean, it's really hard to find a venue that kicks on past 11. Yeah. We really wanted 12. At one stage we considered having a ceremony and the cocktail hour at Tanglewood and going to one of the local restaurants in Red Hill for dinner that lets you go until about 2 o'clock in the morning. Oh, nice. But I decided that. I think we were there until maybe the last drinks was like 11.30 and then you had to be out by 12. We just brought our whole wedding forward. Yeah. So I walked down the aisle at 3 o'clock. So 3 until 11.30 was plenty. It's plenty. It does end up being plenty, (laughs) doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) We had had enough by the end. I remember sitting in the bus because we just jumped on one of the guests' bus at the end of the night. We didn't really care how we got home and I was just sitting there thinking to myself, get me to this accommodation because I'm done. (laughs) Good point. Well, that's good. At least it's like you're leaving on a high. Exactly. Yeah. You, I, I mean, I always say to my couples because they often ask me about start times and finish times and I'm like, make your wedding as long as you can. Like they tell you that you can't walk down the aisle till five. Beg them for four. <laughs> yeah. Make it long because it all goes so quickly. It comes and it goes and, and then it's all over. Yeah. And sometimes I think these weddings that start at five and finish at 11, you know, it's a bit of a pity that you, you didn't get that extra time. Mm, that's why recovery, that if you can have that recovery yes. day the next day, it's so awesome to have. Yeah, Absolutely. Ha- are you on the Mornington as well? Or is that, did you guess, have to travel far for that venue? So the Mornington Peninsula is about, and it's about an hour out of the city down on the coast and my holiday house or my parents' farm is about 15 minutes from where our venue was. So we were really lucky to have a really big party the next day. Like we had a marquee set up and we had food and everything and like you just said, Lucy, like it was so nice that it wasn't over at the end of the night. We knew that we were going to see everybody the next day. And I think another really positive thing that comes out of having some sort of catch up the following day, it eases the pressure a little bit on the night. Absolutely. We had quite a big wedding and I remember in the lead up, I was thinking to myself, gosh, if I spend two minutes with every single guest that's coming, I'm not going to have a minute to do anything else. And I just kept saying to myself, you know, do my best to see as many people as I possibly can, but it's okay. I can make that extra effort or get around to the people that maybe I missed the following day at the recovery party. And it just meant I could be a little bit more present on the night and be a little bit selfish as well. Like it's our wedding and and we've planned this day for a year and and waited for it and we're having the best time. 
spend it with who you want and how you want rather than feeling so stressed trying to get around to the whole room and and speak to everybody. It was a really comforting thought that I was like, no, you know what? I want to stay in dance in this moment. I can see them tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. That's a great bit of advice. Is there a reason why you guys opted for a sit down over a cocktail? We found planning our wedding that we are traditionalists. So we just loved the idea of the formal sit down dinner. I, I actually never gave it a thought to have a cocktail style wedding. I'm not sure if that's at the time that kind of lack of wedding education that I had um, (laughs) or, you know, having not attended friends' weddings and things like that, it was just never – we just never thought of it. It was just always going to be that formal black tie sit-down affair. Yeah. Nice. It's really nice at a sit-down that people are engaged in the speeches. Totally agree. And you need to sit down for speeches as well. I mean, our speeches were – quite long in hindsight. Um, But we also had a sax come through. And at the time, now I've sort of found out that, you know, having that brass kind of component to your reception is now like a relatively new concept. Um, And so at the time, a lot of our guests who had been to many, many, many weddings hadn't seen that. And we had him come out playing that's a more and and really fun songs during dinner. So this formal event that I spoke about wanting the black tie formal event didn't quite work out because everybody just got up and were just dancing <laughs> up and down the aisles to that Samore and this amazing sax. And I just remember at the time dancing, thinking this is literally the best moment of my life and I need to remember this right now and have this with me forever. It was just so much fun. Oh, that's so good. I've been at a few weddings now, like shot a few weddings now where there have been those live instrumental players like saxophone players and they are, honestly, they set a tone like no other music does. It's incredible. They're gorgeous. And when you couple them with the DJ, so you're getting the song that you really want in its like original form and then you have the sax or the trumpet or whatever you might have on top. Oh, God, if I can give, like, any advice, I just think having the DJ with that live brass component, like you say, it sets the party. That's what gets people up and about and dancing. You know, we had these beautiful meals that no one even wanted to eat. (laughs) Everyone was just ready to Cut the music. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was so fun. Nice. Well, we'll have to get a list of your supplies and we'll, we'll throw it down in the show notes for the listeners so they can check them out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So on that, were there any wedding traditions that you guys actually chose to remove or did you did you keep all of the your standard wedding traditions? Yeah, we were pretty traditional. You know, I walked down the aisle and we signed the register during the ceremony and things like that. Um, we didn't really do photos, so that was probably really so a bit odd. You wait in in what way? So I I was, I mean, I probably drove Eliza, my photographer, mad because I just 
bugged her the whole planning period being like how quickly can you get me back to the (laughs) wedding because I am not interested in walking around and and getting a whole heap of photos taken and she kept trying you know she's really trying to push I need 45 minutes or an hour and I was like absolutely not like (laughs) there's no time for that so I remember at the time we kind of went for a quick walk with our bridesmaids and we got a few shots as a group and then I was just like, guys, go, like, go and get a drink. You've done enough already. I just wanted them to enjoy their day. And then Patty and I went for maybe 10 minutes and then we both just had enough. We were just like, I think you've got it. <laughs> That's all we need to do. And and we went back. We didn't want to miss the cocktail hour, which I suppose traditionally you tend to have the cocktail hour so that the bridal party can go and mm. get their photos. But I also didn't do like the throwing of the bouquet and yeah, I found no use to kind of doing those type of no saucy garter removal. Absolutely <laughs> not. Like I don't. Fact, I don't know if that's much of a thing anymore. Yeah, I still see it oh, a few, I but not many. Yeah, yeah, right. Oh, I see it on my Instagram, and I think to myself, I never even thought of that. Like, yeah, a lot of the time know. we're gone by the time that happens. As photographers, it's happening really late in the night. Everyone's well, too I mean, lit to know what's going on anyway. I'm sure, like, that should be happening at home. Yeah. I could think of nothing worse. <laughs> I'm sure grandparents couldn't think of anything worse than seeing yeah, that either. No offence to anyone listening to this. You probably have to cut that out. But, yeah, I think there are, there are some things that, I personally found to be a little bit unnecessary. Like I didn't yeah. want to throw my beautiful bouquet. I wanted to keep that. And my <laughs> bridesmaids wanted to keep their bouquets. And- yeah. I was thinking it, it's actually really good that you're quite assertive with your photographer to tell her exactly mm. what you want because if you guys are both on the same page, you'd be like, look, we know we're only going to get 20-minute window, so we're not going to get a stack of photos returned in terms of that sort of portrait session. But in, as long as you – to uh, you're on the same page on page yeah on board yeah. with that then you you guys can I mean the photographer will spend time you know following you guys around shooting your guests there's plenty of other things to take photos of it's so it, it was good that you were assertive with that yeah and I think I think it's really good as there's such a variety of couples out there with different expectations on that photo front and you know it is your day be open with your photographer and if it's only 10 minutes that you want, they'll make it work in the window that you've you've asked for because it is – I love what you said, Luce, about being at your – at your cocktail hour, How it's such an it's such an awesome part. So yeah. It's the fa- it's my favorite. Sun's part going of any down. Wedding. It's like yeah. everyone's yep. and you've around. just gotten like you've sealed the deal. It's done. Like signed everything, and it's like kind of the initial like initial yeah. part of kicking off the rest of the night. Totally agree. Everyone's just been quiet in the whole ceremony, letting you guys do your thing. And it's like finally that time to catch up and see people. And I I, I agree with what you were saying, Eddie. I think that's a massive part of choosing your photographer is, is aligning what do you want as the bride and the groom and what is your photographer willing to work with? I, I remember speaking to some photographers that were like, no, this is just how I do it. It'll be an hour. And I remember thinking to myself, well, we're probably not a good match because I don't want to go off and have 500,000 photos taken that I'm probably going to look at like three of my favourites 
you know, every couple of years. I, I think another, I guess, tip there is just make sure you get out a little bit later for your sunset. So we we still got stolen away a little bit later in the night and went and had a couple of photos in that 5.30 p.m.-ish sort of sun go down. And they're my favourite photos. You know, they were the ones where I'd, I was more relaxed because I'd seen everyone and, and all the scary stuff was kind of over and I just knew we had dinner ahead of us. And that a couple moment, of champagnes. Yeah. Had you a love bringing actually, you know alcohol what, into it, don't you, Ed? He loves talking <laughs> a, about alcohol and drinking and being drunk. <laughs> it's definitely a thing. You know what I didn't up. drink? Oh, you, oh didn't. you didn't? Okay. No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't drink at all. I think I probably had like three sips of a champagne across the entire day. Well, you're running on so much adrenaline. I'm not, look, I'm not surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if more, more brides actually said that they, they didn't actually get a chance to, because you're, you're talking, you're dancing, you're concentrating on, yeah. But another thing I did that wasn't a tradition because I see it all the time now as a frequently kind of asked question um, on Instagram or it's a a topic that I find is talked about a lot is we had an uneven bridal party and at the time people were like, what? What do you mean you have an uneven bridal party? So I had six and Patty only had five and it just made absolutely no difference. So if you guys have uneven numbers, go for it. it. It just makes no difference on the day. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because we have touched on, we've touched on yeah, that in a, in a previous episode and just sort of saying don't sweat it. No, it's not, it's not needed at all. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, it makes it even funnier. Like watching one of Pad, Paddy's <laughs> groomsmen dancing with two of the girls was a highlight of the night. It was hilarious. So yeah. go for it. Any hot tips for couples who are currently planning their wedding loose? I think we touched on it earlier. I think ha- do something the next day. It just takes that pressure off you on the night and leave your phone at home. Don't oh, take like that's that one. one. That's a great one. That's a good one. You don't need it. Everyone you love is there everyone's already taking photos. You've paid thousands of dollars for a photographer or two and a videographer or two to be there. And, oh, I just remember I was so free. I had no idea what the time was. I wasn't worrying about anything. I just had the best time. And, yeah, and knowing that I had something to look forward to the next day, that momentum sort of went on for the whole weekend. They're probably my my two big fat hot tips. But I also think, particularly for all the couples out there that, that are planning at the moment, just keep planning. Do things that are fun to keep up your momentum and, and keep you excited, whether that's Zoom dates with all your bridal parties or, you know, keeping up to date with podcasts and blogs and and Instagram and, and hunting things or buying your bridesmaids gifts. Just do things to make you excited because I think keep planning. We will get there eventually and you will get to have a sensational day. That's it. I love that Well advice, said. Especially the one about the phone. Yes. I love that yeah. too. 
thank, thank you. Thanks for coming on today, Luce. We appreciate you sharing your wedding day. Thank oh, you. Thank Lucy. you guys so much. I, um, I'm loving what you're doing and I think it's so needed at the moment, especially from two legends in the industry. So really fun and thank you for having me.